Welcome back to the second installment of the Joe Gibbs Sportscast. I'm your host, Joe Gibbs. Give me a follow on Twitter, at JG Sportscast. We'll be answering your questions if uh, anybody ever wants to ask me anything on there. You can also follow us on JG Sportscast at gmail.com if you do want to send us an email instead. A quick recap of our adventures from last week. We had our first missed extra point thanks to Jacksonville, and despite winning the game, St. Louis was limited to 74 yards rushing. Those were our locks of the week last week, and we hit on those. So, pat on the back to me, finally actually got something right. The bold predictions didn't quite work out the same way. Drew Brees did throw for over 300 yards, even though he still only had one touchdown. So, partially right on that one, he ended up uh, you know coming back late in the game, and they still really had to keep throwing against... The Cardinals, who ended up winning the game, but uh, yeah, still only one touchdown for Drew Brees. I'm sure you know fantasy owners would have liked to see a little bit more out of him. So partial hit on that one. Uh, Blake Bortles throwing for 250 and three TDs was a complete miss. Really disappointed in how Jacksonville showed up last week, but uh, you know hopefully we'll get a better bold prediction for you this week. I and mean, there's a reason why these are bold predictions. Uh, hopefully we'll just have some better luck next time. The picks of the week were pretty average. We went 11 and five overall. So there's definitely some room for improvement there. We'll look to build on that this week. We have a couple fantasy questions on start-sit-wise that we'll actually touch on in the middle of this. But without further ado, we're going to get right to the picks this week. And we'll feature our Eliminator Challenge, Fantasy fantasy Feast, lot, our Locks of the Week, and Bold Predictions will all be in there as well. So we're going to jump right in right here with the Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs in our Thursday night game. Last week, Denver's defense did have a pretty solid week one. We should keep Andy Reid and Alex Smith from having the same success as they did last week against the Texans. Our, our bold prediction actually going to come right off of this game. We're going to say that Kansas City's receivers are going to get two touchdowns in this game. Now, it's been widely publicized, and everybody really knows at this point that Kansas City's receivers didn't have a touchdown all last season. They do have Jeremy Macklin there now. Uh, didn't, no touchdowns there for the receivers week one. At the same time, Travis Kelsey had some success. He had two touchdowns there, and they had three touchdowns overall uh, right from Alex Smith. We're going to see them feature the receivers at some point here. I really believe that this is going to be the week we're going to see that streak not only broken, but we're going to get two touchdowns there. It doesn't sound too daunting on the surface. At the same time, for the history there in Kansas City, without Andy Reid's been running that team, the touchdowns there are a rarity for those receivers. So that's our bold prediction for the week. Look for Denver to take to make the Chiefs take a lot more risks, too. That's really why we're going to see possibly the two touchdowns here. I think the Chiefs' defense will be pretty solid. I also think Peyton and crew will bounce back from having no touchdowns last week. I was a little surprised to see that you know there was really a lack of offensive scoring in that Baltimore-Denver game. I really think that if they established the run game there with C.J. Anderson. I think Demarius is going to get two scores in this one. I do like his options here against the Chiefs this week. I think the Broncos will take this overall in a very important division win. Starting off 2-0 in that division was going to go a long way for Denver. Next game, we got the Falcons at the Giants. We're going to see the Giants. They looked pretty good last week against the top team in Dallas. you got to remember, if it weren't for that late they comeback and some better you know, clock management out of Eli and Tom Coughlin, we probably would have seen the Giants win that first week. 
Dan Quinn will definitely have another plan to limit Odell Beckham Jr. I don't think he's going to get away with his, uh, you know, as we said last week, I don't think ODB is going to end up getting away with a lot of the things he was able to do last year. He's going to be bracketed a lot more than he was last year. Atlanta's going to bring a lot of energy. I don't think Coughlin's also at the same point going to let Julio get as free as he did last week against the Eagles. Julio really tore it up. There's not so much you can do to stop him. You can just only hope really to contain him as cliche we can get there. You got to really do what you can to take away his crossing routes and let him do the underneath stuff. Make them throw the ball deep. Make Julio make some plays. We know he's going to be able to do it, but maybe you can limit at least his other stuff so you won't get the overall uh, impact with the two touchdowns. Maybe you, let, you know, hold him up to one. I think that could be successful for the Giants there. The best way to flush the spotlight of that mishap from last week for the Giants would be to just you know come, come in here, get a solid home win, get back on track. Uh, Atlanta played an ideal game against the Eagles. I, I'm not sure if they can keep this up, but if they can, I really think they can end up taking that division. Uh, again, we talked last week in in pretty pretty long detail about how it was how it was the worst division in football. They they came out had a great showing last week. I think this game will be close. At the same time, I think the Giants will end up taking taking this win. I think they will end up you know, having a better plan for Julio, and I think as much as Dan Quinn will limit ODB, I think the Giants will still have some success there and be able to move the ball against the Falcons. Moving on to the Patriots-Bills, this is obviously going to be my favorite one of the week because we're going to watch this game in its entirety. With the way the Bills looked last week, this is definitely uh, not only a favorite for me, but this is getting one of the most attention nationally of any, any game this week as well. Belichick did have an extra couple days to plan for this one. you got to know that they're going to be ready. They were able to watch the game live. They can go off their gut instinct as what they saw live and also have a little bit more time to dissect some of the film from there as well. I think they'll try to force Taylor to make a lot more decisions than he had to make week one against the Colts. The Colts defense really did not impress me. They really never have. At the same time, you are going to get Taylor making some plays, no matter what you do at this point, he's going to be able to make some plays with his legs, as you saw with you know a 30-yard run last week. I don't expect Gronkowski to get completely shut down. I don't think he's also going to get three touchdowns. You know that Brady's going to make sure that they try to get him the ball as much as possible. They'll run, they'll run their underneath routes with Amendola and Adelman. They'll still have some decent games. They're going to move the ball a little bit. At the same time, the Bills are going to make it absolutely miserable for them, not only with the crowd, but with their hard-hitting style defense. That It's going to be tough for Edelman and Amendola to really get going against this defense after a while, after they get hit a couple times. I think LaShawn McCoy is going to have a lot more success last week after watching what D'Angelo Williams did to the to the Patriots on Thursday night. That should open up a little bit more. The Colts defense wasn't exactly that great at stopping him either. He did get open from a few swing passes. I, I really like to see a little bit more out of McCoy this week, I think he'll end up having a touchdown and producing more fantasy-wise uh, for, for the people that did draft him. I definitely want in this firsthand what that crowd can do. And one mistake by Brady or any special teams by the Patriots is going to go a really long way for the Bills. I think 65,000 people are ready for a winner there, and I really think a victory against New England is going to put that over the top. If you thought there was a lot of hype after week one, if the Bills can – Win week two here, you're never going to stop hearing about him, especially with Rex Ryan barking up every possible tree that he can. The Bills are my pick here, mostly because of the energy that the Bills are going to provide, not only from the fans, but from that defense as well. I think if Tyrod Taylor can limit his mistakes like last week, we're going to see another victory there in Buffalo. 
Moving on to Cardinals Bears. Cardinals are playing at Chicago. Uh, Bears could really could have looked a lot worse against the Packers in Week One, as a lot of people really expected them to be. As Elshon Jeffrey heals up and Royal and crew get a little bit more comfortable with Jay Cutler, I really think that offense is still going to be pretty decent. You still got Forte there, you still got Martellus Bennett. There's a lot of weapons in that offense that will produce for Cutler. Really, always the question is whether Cutler is going to blow up and make mistakes or not, which you know will happen at some point down down the road. But he's still a pretty viable fantasy option yet at this point. Uh, Forte really always produces there with both receiving. If you do have him for PPR, he's always one of your top options. There in standard leagues, he's still going to get a lot of yards rushing, and with those catches receiving, he's still going to get some yards there. Usually, he he does average a pretty decent amount for for actual yardage total on the day. The Cardinals defense could have been better against Drew Brees. I feel like they did give up a lot of yards. At the same time, they were so far ahead at points, it was almost like small potatoes for them. Really, think the defense really held their own. The major mismatch here. Is with the Cardinals receivers against the Bears secondary. I, I think this is my this is definitely going to be my fantasy feast matchup of the week and fantasy famine. I think the Bears are going to have a tough time containing what the Cardinals have in terms of receiver wise. You got John Brown there, who's going to start. He's already started producing. He played ninety six percent of the snaps for them, which is a little surprising considering Michael Floyd didn't get that much. We do know Michael Floyd is uh, healing from an injury. And he's still got Larry Fitzgerald, a, Hall of, a potential Hall of Fame wide receiver on the, on the other side. Carson Palmer has plenty of options there. We're not going to see Bruce, I'm sorry, Andre Ellington in this game. He, he's going to be out at the same time that I think that's just going to make the Cardinals feature the receivers more. I do see a big game coming out of Carson Palmer. Don't be afraid to start him in both regular and fantasy formats this week. I am taking the Cardinals away at the Bears this week. Next up, we got the Chargers at the Bengals. The Chargers let an emphatic comeback against the Lions last week. Never count out Phillip Rivers, no matter what the score is going to be. That man loves to throw the ball. They don't like to abandon the run game entirely, but there's very few quarterbacks other than Phillip Rivers in the league that I'd like to see backed into a corner. That guy is fiery. He always is up for a challenge. I was really happy to see Stevie Johnson thrive in the slot there. He had a couple of good catches and some key points. You still got Malcolm Floyd. You still got Keenan Allen. That's a really tough offense to get around. Ladarius Green showed up out of nowhere. We're actually looking forward to seeing what Ladarius Green can still do for the next three games. Maybe they'll run some more two two tight end sets when Gates comes back. It is a very potent offense there, even with rookie Melvin Gordon uh, coming in to run the ball there with Brandon Oliver backing him up. You can't forget about Danny Woodhead. He was the one who actually got the score out of there. So fantasy wise, you're you're really gonna. You can't go very wrong with picking some Chargers offense as long as they're going to produce like they did in the second half instead of the first half. I really don't think that San Diego's defense is going to allow 21 points that early every week. I think their defense is a lot better than they showed in the first half against the Lions. Uh, The Bengals definitely made a statement in a difficult win against the Stingy Raiders, and that is my worst attempt at humor that you're probably going to see this entire time. Don't get me wrong, the Bengals do have a decent team on paper, but... The Raiders really looked like one of the worst teams in the league until further notice. They have some injuries already in that secondary. That was early in the game, and the Bengals really took advantage of that. So as much as I would love to keep taking the Bengals here until when they're playing bad teams, they're, they're not really playing a bad team this week. So I really think the Chargers will end up taking this one. A lot of people are picking the Bengals. I'm going to go the other way and select the Chargers here. I really like their offense. And if you're going to trust a quarterback in a close game, I'd really take – Philip Rivers over Andy Dolan any day of the week. So we're going to go with the Chargers there at the Bengals with an away win. 
Next up, we got the Titans and the Browns. The Browns don't exactly play American football so well right now. Uh, the Titans were pretty ha- were pretty solid against a hapless team in the Bucks too. Really, we didn't expect much coming out of the Titans though either this this past week. So I'll still want to see a little bit more out of Marcus Mariota before we really anoint him as the second coming. Not too many people are doing that. I'm sure everybody has some cautious optimism there that you know last week wasn't a complete fluke, but everybody still will expect him to struggle at some point during the year. I, you really got to be happy for the guy. He did. Marcus Mariota played extremely well. Bishop Sankey ended up having a pretty decent game, uh, much to really, I wouldn't say the surprise of everybody because everybody knew he was coming out of the starting running back there, but the Titans brass hasn't exactly been too uh, endorsing of him to start off the year by bringing in a lot of secondary guys there as well. So it'll be interesting to see if he ends up uh, keeping up with the production fantasy-wise as he did last week. With the Browns, Manziel had to come in for Josh McCown because he did some crazy goal line dive and ended up getting himself concussed. I'm not sure why you take that risk when you you just earned the job, you've done all that work. I understand you want to make a play for your team. At the same time, you really got to protect yourself as a quarterback in this league. Diving for the goal line against a defense who is going to hit you pretty hard isn't always the best idea. Menzel did come in and provide a quick spark. He started off pretty, pretty early. I think he went four for four for like 75 yards and a touchdown for his first four games. I'm sorry, for his first four passes. And it was pretty much downhill from there. The Jets kind of just ate him ate him up, tore him apart after that point. Uh, I think it will be a while before the Browns are going to be a 500 team with Manziel taking the snaps there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take the Texans in, I'm sorry, the Titans in this game. Uh, they're going to be at a surprising 2-0 to start the year when really a lot of us could have thought they could have got blown out, uh, even by the Browns in the box. Going the other way on this one, uh, Titans going to start off 2-0. We've got the Lions at the Vikings here, and a continuing trend. We're actually going to – I'll start you right off with the pick here. Lions going to take over the Vikings. We we did see many uh, – Minnesota laid a huge dud right on national TV on Monday night. I can't believe they really didn't feature Adrian Peterson as much as they probably should have. Not very many rushes for Peterson, only about 30 yards. I really hate how they're using him in that offense. Anytime you're going to try to put a downhill runner – and you're going to see this with the Eagles with DeMarco Murray, too. Anytime you try to put a downhill runner in a zone read and try to get him into a brick wall up the middle, that's never a good idea. Bridgewater was pretty inaccurate overall. They let the Minnesota defense let Hyde run. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Minnesota defense let Carlos Hyde and the 49ers run all over them last last Monday. I really think Peterson is still one of the best downhill runners in the game. I'm really just not sure why they're going with this spread zone read offense. It's not a bad thing to open up some running lanes for Peterson, but when you're not even opening up the running lanes for him to spreading guys out anyway, I'd rather see you know, just a power run game until you can and, and establish it that way to open up the passing lanes later on for Bridgewater instead of having him throw into a lot of coverages that he's probably not as used to. The Lions got to an early weed early lead as we talked about earlier against San Diego I was a little disappointed how they let him come back but again Philip Rivers was pretty good at coming back against the Lions uh, the Lions defense there if the Lions aren't going to close games they might end up might end up having to blow this whole thing up and start from scratch I, I believe that they have all the talent they really need to be able to contend in that division against against Green Bay it'll be very tough to overtake them. They could still contend for a playoff spot, though. They have all the talent in the world. I really like how the 
Abdullah came and provided a spark. You still got Calvin Johnson there. He was kind of quiet last week. Golden Tate didn't have as good of a game as we kind of were expecting to him to do. I would like to see the Lions really kind of step up there, take the helm. I think they can, especially against how Minnesota played last week. I don't think the defense, Minnesota's defense is as bad as they looked. At the same time, I would like to see a more consistent effort out of the Vikings before I'm going to start picking them consistently again. I like the Lions here to take an away win. Continuing trend here with away wins this week against the Vikings at home. The St. Louis Rams are going to be visiting the Washington Redskins. They're at the one of the other games at 1 o'clock. The Rams are looking pretty awesome after upsetting Seattle at home last week. Their defense was great. Foles provided exactly what he needed to to provide for a win for the Rams there. Once Gurley is healthy, I really like how that Rams offense has the potential to look. They could be looking to challenge for a playoff spot if their defense keeps up as strong as they do as well. Not very many people believe in the Redskins at this time, and I think they're right to do that. Even as they couldn't pull off the win against Miami, they didn't look completely terrible though either. Uh, Losing to Sean Jackson definitely does not help this Redskins team with Kirk Cousins at the helm, but... This kept the game low, and their defense held their own to keep the game low and scoring last week against Miami. With the right game plan, they can definitely contend in some games. The way the Rams' defense is playing right now, I don't expect them to take uh, take a win at home again. We're going still with the away wins here. Going to be a pretty big week for the away teams. We'll definitely go with the Rams in this scenario. I think that the Redskins' offense is probably going to get shut down pretty hard, and the Rams offense once again they're just going to look to not turn the ball over make some great decisions and go out and win this game next up we got Tampa Bay visiting New Orleans I'm not sure if the opener really could have gone much worse for the Bucs really we thought that they had a chance you know you got Jameis Winston versus Marcus Mariota and you know the rookie starting QB game here they thought they should have been able to come up with a lot better effort than they did here we got Tampa Bay visiting New Orleans I'm really not too sure if the opener could have gone much worse for the Buccaneers. What really seemed like it could be a coin flip game was really soon over right after the coin flip. It wasn't just that Jameis didn't perform that well. The entire defense and his counterparts also didn't look very good as well. You did get some production out of Austin Safari and Jenkins. He had a touchdown and really a huge week for all tight ends. They were a pretty solid scoring group as a whole in terms of the whole National Football League and fantasy. The Saints could have looked worse against the Cardinals. You did like to see how they at least moved the ball, racked up some yardage. They're really going to have a tough time finishing in the red zone. You used to get a lot of handoffs to uh, Mark Ingram down there at the goal line. You always had Jimmy Graham there for forever, too, to, to kind of close for them. Uh, it's going to be a lot tougher than it, it was without Jimmy Graham's threat being there. Our bold prediction there for last week didn't exactly hit. We talked about that earlier, how he still only got the one touchdown. At the same time, the Cardinals definitely took advantage of a depleted New Orleans secondary last week, so that's really one of the main reasons why the Saints dropped that game at Arizona. I think the Saints will come back in here, take the home win pretty easily, and they're still going to be able to contend for the division uh, with the Bucks being still in the cellar. I don't think Carolina is going to... Um, really perform as well as they have been lately and really you got Atlanta over there who should you know be able to have a lot better year last year than they did uh, now that Dan Quinn's at the helm uh, we'll take the clear pick here for New Orleans a lot of people picking this as their eliminator challenge pick pick of the week uh, still holding that out still holding out for that that one coming up a little bit later for our eliminator challenge but Saints aren't necessarily a bad pick for 
for that challenge there. Moving on to San Francisco visiting Pittsburgh. Steelers still going to be be without Le'Veon Bell this week, even though that's not really the side of the ball they can usually use the help on. Uh, for as much as for as much crap we give their defense about the seemingly abysmal job they did on Thursday in New England, letting Gronkowski kind of run wild and getting three scores, uh, a lot of miscommunications there on defense. It was still only a one-score game when it was all said and done. The Niners were a pleasant surprise in their own primetime game. Carlos Hyde really showed up and ran wild over what I thought was going to be a decent defense. Carlos Hyde just went all over them. Kaepernick provided a pretty solid game overall. Really did what he had to do to make sure that San Francisco just kept the win there. They didn't really need him to do too much as Carlos Hyde really outperformed what a lot of people did expect of him there. I still don't understand how you can lose that many starters on defense and still play that well overall. Their defense looked incredible, shutting down Minnesota at all costs. Only Adrian Peterson to 30 yards was incredible. Bridgewater looked uncomfortable all night, made a lot of missed throws. I think the Niners will naturally get over the fortified games I had them winning initially for this season. They, they look a lot better than that to start off. I'm, I'm still taking Pittsburgh here, but the Niners can definitely make this a game with how they played. D'Angelo Williams owners will get to enjoy at least one more week of some success here with you know some swing passes screen on the screen game. you got the draw plays there that Pittsburgh likes to run. They're, he's still going to do pretty decent in this game, so they can enjoy that while it lasts. But again, Pittsburgh is going to be my pick here. Next up, we got the Texans visiting the Carolina Panthers. The Texans definitely struggled at the quarterback position last week. Brian Hoyer came out, didn't look as, quite as good as everybody had hoped. Uh, it was really kind of expected, though. We really didn't expect them to come in and be stellar at that position. Mella did come in later in the game and provide a spark for that team. Uh, it's looking like he is going to start this week against the Panthers. I'm not completely convinced he's going to be a massive upgrade there, even with what we saw week one. But with one of the most daunting front sevens you can really ask for over on the other side of the ball there in Houston, they should always have a chance in games. Carolina did take care of Jacksonville week one, 20-9 overall was the score for that, which most people really expected them to do, seemingly besides myself. I really thought Jacksonville was going to come out and put a better effort than they did. Uh, Jacksonville let up five sacks to Carolina. The defense is still looking good there. Luke Keekley looking to be out potentially with a concussion, so that's going to be a major blow to that Carolina's Panthers defense. Uh, apparently Jericho Cotri is still in the NFL. I probably wouldn't have guessed that two weeks ago if I wasn't following very closely. Also, somehow Greg Olson only managed one catch, and they still ended up taking the victory. So they've got something going on there in Carolina without Calvin Benjamin. They should look to try to keep that up. At the same time, I'm not sure if they can keep up with that with that pace, still being able to get production out of those guys who were usually thought as an afterthought by most most teams. I'll be taking the Texans in this one just because I like how they came back last week. And really, Carolina, as we talked about before, still doesn't impress me that much. I think that the defense is going to get after Cam Newton, really kind of limit what they can do with those uh, secondary receivers there in Carolina, and should look for Mallet to at least manage the game and get that run game going to establish a victory there. And that'll wrap up for the 1 o'clock games for Sunday, and we'll take a moment here to answer our start-sit questions on Twitter from this week. Both of our questions coming from at hyphy underscore Corey. He might have one of the funniest post-game rage stories of all time after the Patriots' second Super Bowl loss to the Giants. You're definitely going to want to ask him all about that. Maybe if you're nice to him, he'll provide a video. Uh, definitely worth your time there if he'll actually give that up. Uh, got a shout-out to you, Hyphy. We're going to see what we can do for your flex questions for this week. 
His first question, both are going to be flex questions here. They're going to be start starting off with a dual running back where we saw a matchup from last week where they played each other. We had Bishop Sankey or Doug Martin here in the flex spot. If this were a week ago, I'd say Doug Martin in an absolute heartbeat. After they played against each other week one, Sankey did provide fantasy production to his owners if you actually played him. Not a lot of people, if you had the option to play a receiver, then that likely could have gotten some more receptions. Uh, Probably most people had Sankey on the bench. I think Sankey definitely made up some ground last week. He's provided for a little bit more of a spark. Again, you can't take all into a relative context because of they because of playing the Bucks. At the same time, he's got another favorable matchup week two against the Browns. So I would say mostly based on the matchup, I'm going to go with Sankey here because Martin's still going to be going against the Saints. They're going to get down. I think that the Saints are going to and play a lot better offensively than they did at the Cardinals. So we're definitely going to see the Bucks probably playing from behind at this point and likely will have to abandon the run game. So I, I like Sankey here mostly because of the matchup. The second choice we're going to have is between Frank Gore or James Jones. James Jones triumphs as the flavor of the week for Aaron Rodgers in the Packers offense, whereas Gore definitely struggled in Buffalo last week. Jones is going to face a tougher matchup than he did last week facing the Seahawks this week. Gore still will face a decent front with a good Jets front seven. With Andrew Luck throwing 50 passes a game, I'd rather take a chance on James Jones possibly getting a score in the red zone there. Aaron Rodgers has his trust to be able to go to the ball, go with him there over some of the rookies that he's got there in Ty Montgomery. And still not so much a rookie, but still with Jeff Janis down there. Didn't see much out of Janis last week. Uh, we'll take James Jones absolutely over an aging gore with a system that's going to abandon the run game and not give him as many options as you'd like to see. And we're moving on to the later 4 o'clock games here. And just as a heads up, one of the best things you can do if you do have the option to to be able to watch the NFL Red Zone channel, once the games start to hit 4 o'clock, what usually me and my wife always do and, and ends up being watching the Red Zone channel for the 4 o'clock games, mostly because you never miss really anything at that point. Of course, if you have Sunday ticket, that's nice to have, be able to watch really whatever game you want, be your own Red Zone channel, essentially. But at the same time, if you really just watch the national game, you got all those commercials and everything, NFL Red Zone channel, definitely a good option to be able to get really all the action. You really don't miss much of anything for the three games that play at 4 o'clock when you're you're watching that channel. So definitely a a good option if you got it. Definitely recommend the Red Zone channel for those 4 o'clock games. The Ravens are going to be visiting the Oakland Raiders. And if you're telling me that David Carr will either be at best injured or at worst entirely out with Oakland's two starting safeties out as well, my eliminator pick of the week, and probably until further notice, is going to be whoever is playing the Oakland Raiders. This week, it's going to be the Baltimore Ravens. I definitely like them as the eliminator pick. Ravens, they looked decent in a defensively dominated game in Denver. They really came within a play of winning that game. If Crockett Gilmore goes up there, high points, and makes a play on that ball, you're seeing the Ravens coming out out of Denver with a win there instead of Denver taking that game. I think Steve Smith will make this a fun one to remember, playing in a hostile environment. That guy thrives off this type of stuff. And the the future past L.A. Raiders just don't have it right now. There's too many deficiencies. They do have some good uh, pieces there with uh, Co- Amari Cooper looking like he could definitely be the real deal. Of course, Khalil Mack is a star. But we're just going to take the Ra- Ravens here, set it, and forget it. That's my eliminator pick for the week. The next 405 game we're going to be looking at is going to be Miami visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars. We talked about this before. Jacksonville definitely let me down this this past week. They didn't produce on offense anywhere near what their skill positions really allowed them to do. 
You did see Rashad Green get a score there. We did mention him week one. He, he was able to get a score at the end of the half. Really didn't see too much out of Allen Robinson. Hopefully Marquise Lee is going to be a little bit more healthy and they'll be able to put something together at some point. But they really have to put a lot better effort to be able to overcome a decent Miami defense. This week's lock of the week is going to be Miami being able to get to Blake Bortles for at least three times for sacks. They let up five week one uh, already against Carolina. Carolina does have a decent front seven as well. Miami's is even better, I believe. So we're going to see Bortles get sacked three times. That's my lock for this week. Miami did, at the same point, have some trouble putting the Redskins away last week, which is, in my humble opinion, a little bit surprising. Really thought Miami was going to put a lot better effort together. They had some high hopes for this season. The Redskins kind of going on a downward trend at this point. We're waiting to see them actually start to produce before we really start giving them a lot of credit. But I do expect Ryan Tannehill and Lamar Miller to put up better numbers here in Jacksonville than they did last week at Washington. Still cautiously optimistic for those guys to really step up and become viable fantasy options. My pick is easily Miami here. Jacksonville will show up at some point, but when will that be at at this time? My bet would be on whatever it's going to be is going to be too late. Next up, we got a major division rivalry here uh, over in the NFC East. We got the Cowboys going to visit the Philadelphia Eagles. And really my biggest my biggest problem, similar to what Adrian Peterson has over there in Minnesota, if I really have to watch DeMarco Murray get one more, again, inside zone read facing a wall of defenders to hit him, I'm, I'm going to puke. Sam Bradford and crew for the receivers there looks pretty serviceable, maybe you know for two, about two or three drives on Monday. Darren Sproles looks like the best running back in that offense at this point. So we'll see if he can keep, you know, keep keep producing he had over 100 uh, total yards rushing and receiving so he could still definitely be a viable option there especially with Murray and Matt and Ryan Matthews getting a little bit of their workload diminished by Sproles the defense really couldn't contain for the Eagles they couldn't contain Julio Jones very much and Nelson Aguilar didn't even have a catch till late in the fourth so really big disappointment I played him in fantasy this week I thought he was going to be able to be featured in that offense a little bit more they really only looked his way a couple times to play that poorly against the run game though for the Eagles and still be within a missed field goal of winning that game is the best thing really that the Eagles can take away from that Dallas, on the other hand, engineered a signature comeback by Tony Romo without Des Bryant. And as usual, Jason Witten, old reliable, coming up big in the end there for them. Witten definitely going to still be featured in that offense. Look for Terrence Williams to be a little bit more featured with Des Bryant out. I really think the way they used Lance Dunbar is going to be something they're going to duplicate from last week. I really thought he maneuvered through the Giants' defense pretty well. Even though Joe Randall got the start there, I liked the way Dunbar was even still split out in the slot when... Joe Randall's in the game as well. I'm going to take the Cowboys here. If the Eagles can just show up, they really have no reason to lose this game with the Des Bryant injury. Uh, but Romo, I think, can just still pull out some more magic, somehow come come out with a win there in Philly until Philly really starts to show up for more than a couple drives a game until they really show that consistency and Bradford looks more comfortable in that offense. Uh, I'm still going to be looking for the Cowboys to be ahead in that division. Next at the 8:30 game, we're looking at the, C- the Seattle Seahawks visiting the Green Bay Packers. They're in the NFC Championship rematch from last year. Everybody remembers Brandon Bosick fumbling the onside kick, kind of lose that game for the Packers and letting the Seahawks go play the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Somebody on the Seahawks needs to get a hold of Ch- Cam Chancellor, pay that man, and make sure he's on the field. Don't get me wrong, I don't always agree with holdouts. I, I really don't even in this situation. Because Cam Chancellor's got three years left on this deal. I understand that is a rough game, and you really should 
you know, take care of yourself when you can if you're a player. At the same time, you agree to that deal. There's still three years left. you got to show up. Your defense could really use, use your help back there in the secondary, even with Earl Thomas still back there. You can see a little bit of a hole that the Rams were able to expose last week. Even without the elite safety, the Seahawks still have, a, of course, a great defense. A few gaffes late, especially with that onside kick, really cost them the game. I was, I know it was supposed to be an onside kick. Apparently, it was a mishit by the kicker. You know, we're not going to get into semantics for that part of it. They really just got to make sure they show up and take care of business. Uh, Tyler Lockett looks like he's really going to be the real deal. He could end up taking up the number one receiver spot over Doug Baldwin there at some point. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers still has a sour taste in his mouth from last year's NFC Championship game. The Packers looked like they were firing on all cylinders against the Bears, especially on offense. I think they're going to keep continuing that trend this week as well. It'll be a great matchup. I'm going to go with Green Bay for this one at home. Ends up starting the Seahawks off at 0-2. It's not... The worst thing in the world, of course, you know, we had the Patriots last year starting off pretty rough. They ended up going to win the Super Bowl. You really can't count out the Seahawks at any point during the year. I still think, naturally, that they'll end up winning that division. But we're going to go with the Packers in this particular matchup. Which brings us to our Monday night game that some people are already taking the Colts as their eliminator pick for the week. It is another popular pick for the week. Don't get me wrong, the Jets really took advantage of the Browns' offense last week. They they really didn't have too much going for them in terms of in terms of the Browns' offense. The Jets really stepped up, took care of what they needed to do after a little while into the game for their offense. Like the way that Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker showed up, Fitzy was getting them the ball pretty well. I'm not sure. I'm not so sure that they can really just kind of run on the Colts like they did the Browns last week. The Colts came out extremely flat against the Bills, which they will not do with the whole world watching this week. That They're going to come out a lot more with a lot more energy, especially at home there. T.Y. Hillen is out, and he's going to hinder some of Luck's deep play options, even with Philip Dorsett there. They're probably going to look to get him going a little bit more. Andre Johnson disappointed me last week. He doesn't look anywhere near the elite player that he's been uh, in Houston for the longest time. I still think this game's going to be a lot closer than most people will anticipate. Andrew Luck is going to get the ball out of his hands quickly to hopefully combat what the Jets are going to throw at them with their defensive line. You did see that last week against the Bills, but it really didn't help them that much. So this game's going to be a lot closer, and I think a lot of people, a lot of people are really giving it, giving the Jets a chance. I still am going to take the Colts, but at least not at, at the margin that a lot of people are at least even picking their the Colts as their eliminator pick this week. So yeah, we'll go with the Colts, but a little bit reluctant, not so much reluctantly. I, you know, of course, really want them to to beat the Jets. Of course, with the Bills being in the division, I don't want to have all, all the teams win again this week. So we'll we'll see exactly what's going to happen here on Monday night, but we'll we'll definitely look at the Colts at this point. And that's going to wrap it up for this week. Hopefully, we can go a little bit better than eleven and five from what we did last week. We do have some non-conventional picks going on, so hopefully those will hit and the rest of the games will play out as as we thought they were going to. I uh, really appreciate you guys listening. If you ever want to ask me any questions on Twitter at JG Sportscast or send me an email jgsportscast at gmail.com we're always open to questions we'll hopefully be bringing on some guests at some point during the year maybe next week we'll have my brother on uh he he kind of left me high and dry for this week but uh i'm sure he's listening right now we'll, we'll kind of get him on to be on the actual show that show this next week really appreciate Corey asking us the questions here on twitter uh we'll, we'll keep featuring you guys as long as you keep coming with coming with us on social media uh again thanks for listening we'll hope to see you next week